Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, 40 used to be the benchmark for midlife. But as we live longer, we seem to look and act much younger. For example, the cast of, and just like that, which is the reboot of Sex and the City, the cast in that, the girls from Sex and the City, are the same age in that as the Golden Girls cast was. Right, so just get your heads around that. Um, so is midlife even a thing anymore? Joining me on the line is Regis Professor Rose and Kenny, author of Age Proof and the head of the Ageing Research Programme at Trinity College Dublin. Anne, how are you today? Fine, thank you. Roseanne, yeah. Roseanne, sorry. Uh, yes, thanks, okay. thanks very much for joining us. Um, it's, it is a bit hard to get your head around the definition of what midlife even is, isn't it? Well, uh, why try? Um, I, I, I don't disagree that we should not be disaggregating, you know, life periods in it like that. Um, and I couldn't define midlife for you if you asked me now. Um, I, I think there are a number of reasons for that. First of all, I think it's a false definition. Uh, so um, that was introduced previously, but that today's 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 40-year-olds are not accepting as a recognised definition as such. And, and there's, I think there's probably a number of reasons for that. First of all, the numbers of people aged over 60 and 70 and indeed 80 are increasing rapidly in Western society. And in Ireland, actually, this year was noted to have the longest lifespan in Europe the longest life expectation at birth. So that's a great achievement for Ireland. And and it's because of the sheer numbers of people who are older that the previously, I think, in almost invisibility of people as they got older and, and lack of confidence is disappearing. Um, So, it doesn't surprise me at all that the cast of Sex in the, the new um, Sex in the City is the same age as what the Golden Girls was. Actually, I think that's a great benchmark for what has happened because we can all identify with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I suppose when, when I'm saying, you know, what defines it, I think that thing is in us that, that we, we think it's one of those things that's kind of, it's like if you don't say it yourself, somebody will say it to you that, you know, well, you're middle aged now or they'll, they'll go worse than that and say you're no longer even middle aged. That, that the, it is in us that there's the belief that there are these periods of your life that you kind of need to almost conform to. But but there's nothing that I can give you biologically to define that. So I suppose that's where I'm coming from in terms of the evidence for that. It's a perception. And it's very much a perception based on, you know, false premise and, and maybe driven by maybe media or, yeah, probably predominantly media because that would be our main exposure to something like that. Um. But this is all good news, of course. Absolutely. That the fact that that we're um, uh, knocking down walls and barriers and false premises is a good thing. We've been able in the TILDA study, the Irish Longitudinal Study, to to look at these different cohort effects. So by that I mean um, 
the the proportion of people aged, say, 50 to 60 when we started the study 12 years ago, and we're now refreshing the sample with 50 to 60-year-olds and looking at how is today's 50 to 60-year-old different to that 12 years ago in terms of their perceptions of how one is aging, um, but also their quality of life. And it's I think it's also great news that quality of life continues to get better and better after the age of 50. And in fact, in Ireland, quality of life at age 84 is the same at age 50. Wow. And so it gets better and then it starts to drop. But it drops to the age, at same as it was at 50 when we're 84. And the only reason or the main reason that there is a decline in quality of life at all, which starts around age 78, is if you get an illness, a physical illness particularly, arthritis or bad heart disease or kidney disease, etc. So the whole focus now with respect to research is trying to understand what we can do to compress the period of life usually at the end of life, where we have illnesses. Right. So that it does not extend lifespan, but extend healthy, happy lifespan. There's a lot in that now. I have to admit, I I was, when you said, you know, going from 50 to 84, um, I was very surprised because that's a huge chunk of life, isn't it? There's an awful lot of stuff you can do. If you had good health, if you managed to maintain good health during that period, there is so much you could do in that time in your life. Absolutely. And uh, 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 bearing in mind that very often you don't have the same um, constraints as in earlier phases in life. Your children, if you have children, are grown up and have often fled the nest, hopefully. <laughs> By the time you're 84, they have. <laughs> but but, uh, but they've, uh, you, so you don't actually have the same commitments or restraints as previously. So you are freer. One is freer. And we've seen this in the days. It shows it clearly to embark on new careers or realise previous dreams and aspirations. You mentioned perception there. And I think Mm. a lot of what we get, um, and you mentioned the media as well, and a lot of what our expectations on ourselves, they do come from from the media, don't they? They come from us looking around the world and seeing, you know, other people are doing this and that's what I should kind of do. That's hard to get past, isn't it? Because if you were, and I was reading stories here of people in their late 50s going Mm. back to college, Mm. um, when you do something like that, there, there is a kind of a sense that you're going against this societal assumption that that's not something you do at that age. But the important thing is numbers. So the more people who do that and take a positive approach to all of that, the more diluted any negative perceptions are. Um, and the very the sheer bigger, higher numbers of people who are aging in Ireland, uh, the the less likely those negative perceptions will be. You know, it is that's why it's changing, and that's why it, there's 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 nothing untoward or unusual in my in my opinion that the cast of Sex and the City for the new um, version of it are are the same age as the Golden Girls were. That that's completely intuitive for me now. 
it, but the but the cast of Golden Girls that they, they were portrayed as as grannies at this kind well, of that's the media thing. You I, see, I, again, I know, you know, I know. So but, now but we've got things, a new media approach, which I think is very yeah, healthy. no, very good. But they think, but I think there's an overhang from them in our heads still, isn't there? Because that's that's a. You know, if if you're looking at yourself and you're maintaining health and vigour and you're engaged in life, um, to be able to put aside those perceptions, say these things I want to do, that's a very important thing to do, isn't it? So you've you've raised a good point there because um, our perceptions of how we're ageing really matter. Again, Tilda has shown, as have other studies, that if you have a positive attitude towards ageing and you feel younger, than your actual chronological age. That's the number of candles on your birthday cake. You you feel younger than that. Say you're 70, but you, you say, well, I feel like I'm 50. Yeah. We've shown that people with those positive aging perceptions actually age more slowly biologically. So ha- the perceptions are really important. And for an individual to have positive perceptions is difficult if everybody around them is kind of saying, God, you're that age, or wow, you're amazing to be doing that for your age. You know, they're kind of subliminal negative messages which aren't healthy for the individual, for anybody as an individual. But again, it's about peer support. And if you have numbers who are, you know, of similar age as yourself who are positive, then that bolsters your approach to ageing and life generally and quality of life. Right. Uh, I see texts coming in, a listener saying, I'm 49 and I honestly feel 25 and I act like it. He says we have to get boring and old if we grow old. Yes, I'm 52 and I'm glad to know this is as bad as it might get. Um, <laughs> it's good to give people those positive things. It'll get better. <laughs> it will. That, that idea though, that you can have, say, somebody who's, who's 50, uh, yeah. uh, two people, uh, and one yeah. who... One who is thinking, how can I cut some time off myself to maybe go back to college or somebody else is kind of taking on a board that, no, that's it. You know, I'll just try and stay in by the wall here and stay out of, stay out of trouble. How do you, you know, if should you feed yourself going in the direction of staying in by the wall? How do you start, you know, getting that vigour back into yourself and start so thinking? That's more? a really good point, because what we have noticed from the data is that after COVID, uh, many people have found it difficult to kind of re-engage at a societal level with the same vigour as they had pre-COVID. For, no, that's not universal, but for some people that is the case. And they do have to make more of an effort to reach out and engage with with others. Um, with respect to, you know, say going back to college or, or whatever your choice is, uh, if you can in later life, it's about choice. So we we have to enable choice for people, which is why compulsory retirement is, is not a good thing for people's health and not a good thing at a societal level. That's been well shown. Um, so, that, so that people are left with health. Some people might actually choose to continue to work part-time in something that they've worked lifelong in and they're passionate about and very well informed in. Others may absolutely not be able to wait for the day they walk out of the office mm. or wherever their workspace was, never look back and do other things in life. But whatever it is, it's terribly important that we retain purpose, having a purpose in every day. And a purpose doesn't necessarily mean the sort of 
same work achievements that you always had. Purpose can be just getting up in the morning and making a list of the things you need to do, either domestically or with friends or from a, you know, exercise or whatever else point of view. Purpose is having a purpose. It doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be like a success-related purpose in terms of career or economics. It's something that kind of keeps you engaged, really, isn't it? Absolutely. absolutely. And And, and focused on, I have to do that today. It's the drifting thing, which you sort of alluded to, that's not healthy. Yeah. It's a lot to take on board, isn't it? Uh, And there's a lot lot of it that's actually in your control, isn't it? Well, that's also a really good point, because um, say at age 30, 20% only of your ageing process is genetic. The rest, 80% you are in control of. And that's through everything we're talking about, positive attitude, obviously physical activity and diet, they're a given. Um, Friendship, social engagement, something like loneliness can be really toxic physically to our system. So we, we have control over most of the aging process and over most of what we started talking about. That's extended healthy lifespan not just extended lifespan Wow um, that is a very positive thought I think to, to leave us on 80% of the ageing process within our control to a degree uh, depending on our health as always of course but uh, Roseanne thank you very much indeed for joining us today fascinating stuff indeed uh, Professor Roseanne Kenny the author of Age Proof and the Head of Ageing Research uh, Programme at Trinity College Dublin and I'd say uh, if you had a how-to section on how to age well that would go very well just a suggestion FYI going forward Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.